Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello everyone and welcome along to a TII podcast with a bit of a difference because we're live on a Thursday night. Um, given the the Rangers fixture schedule this December, we can't we can't um, leave too long in between podcasts. And joining me tonight to look back over what was a in the end a very positive result um, at Tynecastle last night, and then look ahead towards Dundee at the weekend. We have Ross Chalmers. How are you doing, Ross? I'm very well, Craig. Yeah, thanks. It's been a busy week, but yeah, of course, seeing Rangers win last night makes it all the better. So, yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, Ian was ranting and raving in the group chat all the way through that game last night, but he seemed a lot calmer tonight, and he'll, I'm sure he'll give us all of his opinions. How are you doing, Ian? Yeah, just about calmed down at this point, mate. So, yeah, good to go. <laughs> Excellent. So, as I say, we'll, we'll, we won't go through the game forensically. But everyone's watched the highlights. Everyone's watched the game live. We'll talk about some of the, the kind of bigger talking points and look at the bigger picture as to what they mean for Rangers going forward, um, even even as, as short term as this weekend. We'll then look at um, potentially some of the areas that need improvement. Um, I think we've all spoken about missed chances Today, we've all spoken about injuries um, and we've all spoken about the fact we need a striker in January. So all of that will be covered in this podcast. But before we get into that, Ross, come to you, first of all, kind of 24 hours on from the game. How do you how do you feel about it? Are you, are you calmer now about it and happier that, than you were sort of during the game? I think it's one of those games, Craig, where it should have been out of sight in the first 45, 50 minutes. You know, I, I, I think overall... Um, Rangers could have definitely played better. I think they made the game way more open than I would have wanted to be at Tyne Castle. I think Hearts are always going to play for a kind of game like that, but it's all about kind of transitional moments. And we kind of fed into that. I actually thought both teams in the first half, passing-wise, were a joke. Like, really, really poor, both teams. So it wouldn't be a great advert for anyone, you know, watching down, down south, watching that on Sky Sports last night to, to see a Scottish game. Certainly wouldn't be. But, yeah, I think watching it, watching it back today, I think... We certainly created really, really good chances last night, which is something that Philippe Comontenby wanting. 
ultimately want the strikers to take them, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But it's all about creating those chances, and you're hoping you take them. So overall, I, I think it's a really positive night for Rangers, to be honest with you. Maybe not the performance, but going away to Tynecastle and winning is always a great result. You know, Hearts are always up for it there. The home crowd are always behind them. And they do have some decent players in there at the moment. It's not the best Hearts team, heart team I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, Rangers coming away with a 1-0 victory. That is one of those fixtures on the list you always look at and go, oh, I'm not sure about that one. Um, so the fact that we may be able to go through Edinburgh, got a pretty good record there lately and managed to get the three points. I'll take it. Yeah, Ian, as Frost says, we've got a pretty good record at Tynecastle recently. We actually seem to struggle more at Ibrox against them than we do at Tynecastle, which is a bit weird given over the years it tended to be one of the tougher places to go. Um, I don't think Hearts are the, the best team that they've had for a, a number of seasons. I think they're struggling a wee bit, even though they've they kind of won all their games in the last month or so. I wasn't really overly impressed by them, but I thought we actually defended well as well. How did, What did you make of the, the performance overall? Yeah, so weird. I was saying to you before, I, I've, as you said, I was ranting raving the full game, pretty much raging and knowing that impending sucker punch was coming. Um, but when you step back, and as, as Ross says, you watch the game back, it's a good overall performance. I think at the time I kind of didn't think of it individually, but when you do, you, the centre-backs were solid. Lundstrom I thought was good. McCausland was good. Seema gets his goal. Tav makes the goal. There's a lot of positives within the team. But like I say, if we take those chances and win 3-4-0, we're all much happier this morning, much happier last night kind of thing. Um, as, as Ross touched on the game, quality-wise, it was shocking. The amount of times the ball was turned over, lumped up the pitch, lost the ball. I know Lawrence played 15 minutes, but he must have lost the ball four times in that time, just lumping it over the top. It's just It was a bizarre setup. It was a strange play and just the full game and again I think this was in our group chat we're just crying out for a Stephen Davis type player just to sit put his foot in the ball and just chill everyone out it, it sounds so simple but a guy that can just make a short pass keep the ball rotate the play a little bit that's like the priority for me in the summer uh, sorry in January there but yeah three points oh always welcome so we'll take it Ross, Ian's described it as lumping the ball up the park. Um, it did seem as though Rangers were a lot more direct last night than they have been. I um, I think the first 20 minutes, it was kind of obvious that that was going to be our game plan, effectively get the ball to the, the wide forwards as quickly as we can and try and use their pace um, because Hearts were going to push out a little bit. First 20 minutes or so, all of them seemed to go out of the park, every single pass. We were all looking for that Goldson to Aribo special. Um, and it never, it never quite arrived. But it, it was interesting that that seemed to be the tactic that we chose. It's not one that I've necessarily seen as employed too much since Luke Clement's come in. Was it one that you expected to see? I don't think it's a game plan I expected to see, but once I, I had seen Rangers set up that way, it didn't really surprise me. We'd done very similar at home to Sparta Prague, if you remember. Um, we were kind of sucking them in and letting us letting them press us and we were hitting along to see and we were getting a lot of joy. It looks like Philippe Clement, I think I've said this before, he really values that asset in Abdallah Sima that he can compete for aerial duels, you know, and he's going to win the majority of them. He's so good physically that he clearly thinks that's an outlet for us. Of course, we used to have it with Connor Goldson to over to Ryan Kent. Slightly different. The ball used to go wider. He would bring it down, drive it as man. But Dallas Seaman is just so physical. He just attaches himself to the fullback and he's going to win it. So I don't think I don't think it's a bad approach from Rangers. If ultimately do what you need to do to win the game. If you think Hearts are going to come out flying in the first 15, 20 minutes, then don't let them do that. You know, go over the top of it, play for second balls. You know, there's not one way to play football. Something I would say as well is 
I don't think we've been particularly good at building out for the back for about two or three years now. I don't really think that's a surprise. We just, I know we've seen that goal yesterday, which by the way, it sounds ridiculous me saying that when we scored such a good goal, <laughs> right? Because it was building out from the back. But overall, I, I just don't, I just don't think we're set up to play like that. When we did have a Stephen Davis that Ian's talking about, where we are more comfortable in the centre-backs playing it into midfield, you had someone that can take the ball in the half-turn, look forward, spray a pass. We don't have that at the moment. So it seems to be that we force it out wide and it's very much you're looking for a wee bit of creativity from Tavernier to play a 1-2 like he done last night to get out. So overall, the game plan didn't really surprise me. And and to be honest with you, I'm fine with going away to a, to a venue like Tynecastle in the first 20 minutes and going, don't let them press us. Don't let them get any sort of momentum in this game. Let's just go over the top of them. We have physicality up front. We have a lot of pace around C- in terms of Daniel, in terms of Sima, Todd Campwell, you've got McCausland as well. Let's just play our second balls and try and settle the game down. Ultimately, that didn't happen, right? The game didn't settle down. It seemed to get worse. Um, but I can understand the game plan. I'm fine with it. I think we all we all heard this about Philippe come on before he came in, didn't we? We all heard that he wasn't necessarily a manager that was going to come in and, and he was going to play a certain way. It was more about what he had. He was going to adjust to it. And that would be what you would see from game to game. I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing different Rangers performances every game. And and ultimately, see if we keep winning and we're unbeaten. I'm fine with that, Craig. Go along. I'm cool with it. Yeah, you're you're completely again with Cubby Cubster. Big foul, 11 games in at the club. won 8 and drawn 3. No losses. Uh, Fluke Kwan has inherited a shambles and still managing to, to produce results. Can't wait to see a rebuilt Fluke Kwan team. Sadly, it won't happen quickly. Ian... Uh, playing the long ball isn't necessarily the most attractive style of football, but if it gets results, it gets results, I guess is what Ross is saying. Is that the view that you have as well? And how how important or how interesting do you think it is that Philippe Kwan has pretty much, as soon as he's come in, he's realised that we need to put a lot of focus on pace in the team, especially in those forward areas, in a way that Michael Beale actually stripped all the pace out of the team. It was, it's, a, it's an interesting contrast, isn't it? It's one we were crying out for, I think, in terms of going to games and just seeing that like slow, lazy, passive play constantly. So there's a fine balance, I think, to be found. Like You don't want to just lump the ball to the park constantly, but when you've got someone with Goldson's passing, I think Suter could sort of tick that box as well, maybe a bit more short-term, uh, short-range passing compared to Goldson, but you've got the tool there. Why not try and exploit it? Um, ideally, we'd have someone on the sort of right side cutting in, doing that same kind of job, but I think this is a lot, you see a lot of comments just now about Seema should be like the striker and the number nine, but I feel like that would take away a lot of what we're trying to do just now. You know, his strength and power and just raw ability to come inside and make that run. We probably don't make that goal last night if he starts as the central forward. So it makes a lot of sense what we're doing, why we're doing it. And as Ross says, if it gets wins, if it gets goals, well, may it continue. I mean, the, the fact is that we scored from sort of a good, well-worked play, but the two, three, four good chances that I can think of came from the long ball. Simo was then breaking through and the Hearts defence just couldn't cope with it. And as you touched on, that's like the form side in the league, I think, at the time. Like they won every game in November. So if a team like Hearts, who I think, again, had the second best defensive record in the league at this point, if they can't cope with it, then 90% of the league isn't going to either. So all good. Yeah, Ross, I'm going to throw a hypothetical your way. Obviously, we're talking about pace. <laughs> Fashion Sakala still in this team. How well is he doing? Well, I think he'd be playing a very similar position to, to Abdallah Seema, so you'd hope that he would do pretty well. Um, I think we uh, there was points I think we tried to play Sakala through the middle and it kind of comes back to that, that Seema conversation that 
It's just not. I I I think you're going to lose a lot from playing Sima through the middle. I think he's clearly got some of the attributes you would want, but when you are playing as the the lone number nine, you're seeing it with Danilo. He peels off quite a lot. It's all about there's more of your your back to goal and things like that. That's just not Sima's skill set. He can do it. He's got to do that on the left hand side. But I think last night you've seen that Danilo pulling into space. It's actually a really, really, other than the build-up, right? The build-up itself to get to that position is really good. Um, but Abdullah Sima and Danilo's understanding there, the movement's really good. Danilo understands that him dropping in, he's going to pull a player with him. Not necessarily he's going to get the ball. He knows Tavernier's not going to play a short ball there. And Sima recognises that straight away and he's in behind. So, of course, it comes from a central position. So people are going to look at it and go, oh, we should play him through the middle. But, of course, it's all about your movement. He's coming off the left-hand side. So... Yeah, just to touch on Ian's point there, yeah, I don't think I'd be playing Seema through the middle either. But yeah, Fashion Zakala, I did not expect this sort of hypothetical question. Craig, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I think he would I think he would still do pretty well in this Rangers team under Philippe. Come on, that doesn't mean we're wrong to sell him. The money we got for Fashion Zakala was very good in terms of bringing him in a free and selling him for four million. That's really good business. But I think um, similar players to Abdallah Seema, I think I would probably give Abdallah Seema the edge in that one. I think he looks up. A more of a rounded player, um, but in terms of what they give to this Rangers team, very similar. So I could I could see him thriving in this Clement system. Yeah, Ian, Phil, um, I'm going to say Philippe Sima, um, Abdullah Sima, um, <laughs> Abdullah Sima. Um, Ross has mentioned the, the fact he's 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 got that aerial threat, he's got that power about him, and he's got the pace. I think it's all attributes that we are desperate for at Rangers. But when he first started this season. He looked like he couldn't put one foot in front of the other and he was falling over the ball and all sorts. And we were all calling him the next fashion Sakala, I think, pretty much until he scored that goal against PSV. How impressed have you been, uh, first, firstly, with his turnaround since um, kind of uh, since he started here at, at Rangers and then how composed his finishing has become as well? We saw it the weekend against St Mirren, um, especially his second goal when he's through one-on-one and he's sent the keeper the wrong way and put it bang in the bottom corner and then... Last night, again, no panic whatsoever. Just slotted it underneath Sander Clark. It's, it's really impressive from Abdul Asima, but it wasn't what I expected when I saw him the first couple of games he was here. No, no, it was a very tough watch the first few weeks. Um, I think it kind of goes to show what you do need to give players that like bedding in time to get to know their teammates, get to know the style of play we're going for, get to know Ibrooks, just basics like that. Um, but at this point, if I'm wanting any striker, any player of ours to be through on goal, he's the one I'm most confident in scoring. Um, it is return rate is ridiculous at this point. I'm sure I've seen it's between him and Tav. That's 47 percent of our goals this season. Like that is insane for a winger. Basically, a guy that's starting off at the left. The guys have to shoot at left wing back a couple of games now and then. So all for it. The only worry for me is how good he's doing <laughs> because it's well known he's got a year left in this contract. Brighton, I don't think he's quite that level as I would say, but. There'll be a lot of teams stiffing about him if he's available. So if we could tie that one down apparently sooner rather than later, I'd be buzzing with that. Yeah, Ross, I think Abdul Asima um has surprised as all. We've sat beside each other in the gantry and stuff like that and been just spoken about how important a player he, he is for us. Um is he a player? We've heard rumours, obviously, that Rangers are really interested in taking him permanently. Um it'll be interesting to see how that lands because I think what the fee that we imagine he would have to or would have to be spent on him is is much larger than we would anticipate Rangers are paying for a player. Is he is someone you would want to see arrive permanently? What's the kind of max figure you would expect to see us pay for him? Um, 
is it is it one that you think could happen? Before I answer that, right, uh, I just want to reiterate, I called this one in August, right? Just because we spoke next, we sat next to each other in the gantry, and I sent a tweet out in August saying that he was going to be a very important player for Rangers. So I'll bring that up, right, for a podcast. And I'll show everyone. So I'm going to take some credit for this. No, I'm just joking. Um, Abdasima, obviously, right, it'd be a player that I'd love us to sign permanently. Um, I think I spoke about this maybe two or three weeks ago in the podcast that I think it's probably unrealistic with the way he's playing because. Ian makes a good point there in terms of you're obviously wanting a loan, loan player to thrive when they're here and get the most out of them. But ultimately, it's not, they're not your player. So if they do well here, it's going to be more difficult for you to get them on a permanent basis. And Brighton, are we all know how good they are when it comes to the transfer market, right? I don't think they're going to do Rangers any favours. I don't think they're going to go, oh, well, he's only got, he's only got a year left. Um, you know, we'll give you them for five million. I just, I can't see that happening. What I think could happen, I think there's most... A realistic option for Rangers is Brighton will probably approach him and his agent and give him a new ridiculous contract that we can't compete with and they'll say stay here, stay in our development path for you, we'll put you back to Rangers for another year so you can enjoy your football and then we'll reassess it after because Brighton can afford to probably up his wages to 30, 40 grand a week and not really worry about it, they'll take that risk, we can't, we can't do that right, so that's why I think is the most likely outcome, which I don't think it's the end of the world, really. If you're still going to get a player of Abdullah Seema's quality coming back and helping us and potentially you know, taking us on to win trophies, does it really matter if he signs in a permanent? Not every player has to be permanent. So anything we can do to get the player back next season, Craig, yeah, for me, permanently, I, I'm just, I'm not sure, regardless whether I've... I, we've all heard the rumours that, that Rangers representatives are speaking to Brighton often about this one. That's fine. They can they can ask all the questions, but I'm just not sure they're going to get the answer they want. So, yeah, anything they can do to bring the player back, that's fine with me. I'm just not sure it's going to be permanent. Ian, what's your kind of same question to you? What do you what do you see as Abdallah Seema's future at Rangers? Do you think we will try and sign him permanently? And what's the... I think there's some comments in, in, in there saying... Brighton paid seven million for him. Brighton paid nine million for him. So if you're looking at that seven to nine million pound mark, are we are we getting even close to that? Do you think if we if we try and sign him permanently? I I can see him joining permanently. To be honest, I think I'm more on that side that he will. But I think if he does, it's going to come with a lot of like caveats from Brighton's side, like selling on fees, percentage of next sales, add-ons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the better he does for us, and the better we would then sell him on for Brighton would then sort of cash in as well, kind of thing. So I think that's a bit of a win-win for everybody as well. I know the loan option, if he gets a new deal, same idea. I'd, like Ross says, I'd be quite happy with that. Can, if he came here and done amazing, and then we sold him after a year, we'd only have a year out of him, so there's a few wee things in there to take in as well. But I, I, I don't know about fees for us, because it's so hard to gauge right now, because I think there's so much we need to do selling-wise. It just depends how much we can get back on a Lammers, a Dessers, guys like that, if we can get anything, which then might dictate how much we can spend on the other side and stuff like that. So I don't see us spending like eight million plus on a single player. Sadly, I just don't think that's a market we're kind of anywhere close to right now. Um I think the five, six millions are like max. And then if like I say if, if we got Siva for that kind of money, you're then talking add ons and stuff. So there's a lot of different things in there but I mean he has just had a child here his child is now Scottish so maybe that's a wee tie we can <laughs> cling on to you know there's, there's wins here um, but it just depends he's he's never had settled first team football 
as far as I can think through his career. I know he played a little bit in France before he then went on to uh, Prague or wherever he went, but I don't think he's probably enjoyed his football as much as he's enjoying it right now, I would guess. So I, I imagine he'd want to stay, and then if he wants to stay, he might not want to sign a new deal, and then that plays into our hands a little bit. So there's a lot of, of to and fro that's going to come, surely, but a long, long wait till we have anything confirmed, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll Craig, that careful. is a good point there for me and in terms of Sima could probably have more of an impact on this than we think. You know, if he does only have a year left, if he digs his heels in and said, well, that's fine, cool, well, I've only got a year left, but I don't want to stay there. I'm not extending my contract. It might push Brighton to do a deal with us. I still agree with Ian that it would probably be a, a pretty expensive deal for us. There's a lot of add-ons, sell-ons, whatever. Sometimes we're going to have to make deals like that, right? That's just the way of it. Um, but that's the difference between Abdallah Sima really enjoying his time here and wanting to stay and potentially pushing for that move. You look at last season with Malik Tillman, he didn't want to be here. He didn't want to stay. Yeah. So it was it, it was an easy decision for Tillman to move on. He might have loved Rangers, but he just didn't see his future here. So I'm hoping that Sima's going to be slightly different. He can probably, with how well he's done, he can probably see himself going to another level here. He gets to fly in, in Scottish football and then he gets to play in the European stage, which... He wasn't doing obviously the last couple of years, so yeah, maybe maybe Seema can dig his heels in a wee bit there, and we can get him permanently. That's me being really hopeful there. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, we need to be careful. Ian's just outed himself as a stalker of Abdallah Seema's wife. So, um. <laughs> oh, he's been listening to Philip come on too much when he's talking about baby booms and that. He's been, he's been <laughs> taking that on too much. Yeah. <laughs> that sweep on the go as to who's going to have the next baby in the Rangers team after all of that. Um, so the Abdallah Seema win will be interesting. It'll, it'll be, um, not sure if he'll sign permanently or not, but I think he would be a welcome signing, um, given his form so far anyway, even though he's had a, he did have a wee dip, he's not been consistent the whole way through, but he had a wee, he had a wee dip, but he seems to be coming out of the, the other side of that, and I don't think he's lost his confidence at any point in that either. Um, plenty of our players have lost their confidence in front of goal, I think it's fair to say. Um, there's countless missed chances. Michael Bill would have been absolutely delighted with the number of shots we had at goal last night. It doesn't matter how many of them are on target. He'd been absolutely delighted. Um, and but we, we actually, I think uh, you mentioned it at the start, Ross, I think around we are creating chances. We're creating good chances. Um, we're just not finishing them. Is that a case for you, do you think, Ross, that if you're creating the chances, eventually you're just going to it's going to click at some point and we'll have a run of games where we just batter teams left, right and centre? Or do you think actually it's a real concern that, that we're not finishing these chances and you can create them as much as you want, but you actually need to finish them to, to, to um, if we're going to have any sort of positive league challenge? 
I'm actually not too concerned, to be honest with you, Craig, because I've seen a lot of Rangers teams before in the past couple of years really not create decent chances. I think we had a lot of that under Michael Beale where you came out after games, you just felt the team had nothing today. They had no, you know, real initiative in the game. They didn't try to create anything. Um, I don't feel that with this team. Um, I understand that we're really talking about Danilo here, right? You know, Danilo's had two sitters last night. I mean, the second one's a really, really good block. The first one, he's got to finish, right? I don't are you know that as a good block, or are you just saying he's got half the goal to hit this empty? You should really just pass it in. <laughs> I mean, if you say your striker's got to score, then he's got to score. But I, I do, I'm going to give some credit to the, the Hearts defender. I don't know if it was Frankie Kent. I'm not sure, but they made a good block, right? So I'll, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt in that second one. The first one, no brainer. I mean that. I think that one for me is just he's just lacking a little bit of confidence again, Danilo. He's just the balls came over. Just put your foot through that. You're you're on a six yard box. Just put your foot through that. Don't let the goalkeeper set. It's something you you always hear about with strikers when they're they're coming up developing. It's like if you've got an opportunity to hit that ball first time, hit it. Don't let the keeper set. Don't let him close an angle. Of course, you can't really close an angle that close to the goal, right? But you know what I mean. Um, it gave Xander Clark a chance, and ultimately he's end up making the save. So. I'm still not really worried. I've seen enough from Danilo that gives me confidence he will start finding goals. And I probably, I'm probably using a little bit of Alfredo Morelos in this, right? Because I think we can all say that Alfredo Morelos, through the years playing for Rangers, he wasn't a very good finisher, right? He really wasn't. The amount of chances Alfredo Morelos missed for us was ridiculous. Now, he still ended up being, you know, our European top goal scorer. He scored an abundance of goals for Rangers. So, I'm not really worried. I think Danilo will get enough goals for us in the league to make an impact or in domestic competition or whatever. I think it will come. I think he's just lacking a little bit of confidence. The problem we've got at the moment is you've not got someone else to come in and take it off him. You know, you've not got a serial Dessers to come in. He's not exactly flying himself to go, okay, it's not your day-to-day, bad day at the office. We're going to bring someone else in and see if he can get the goal. We don't have that, which is something that I think you do need in your team sometimes. It's not going to work for every player, every game. Do you have options off the bench to make a difference? Kemar Roof is probably the player we would look at over the last couple of years as being that kind of difference maker. He could come on, sniff a goal out of something. But again, you can't rely on him. So I think that, I wouldn't say I'm concerned, Craig. I think if you are creating these chances, I think eventually you're going to start taking them right with the quality we've got in our team. Um, and I think, to be honest, we're, we're winning. You know, we're unbeaten under Philippe Clement. I can't be too concerned, especially where we've been this season. Um, under the previous manager so I'm trying to stay positive at this point I'm hoping Danilo will just start firing again because like you said I think we've seen enough um, from overall I think we've just had certain points in the last couple of weeks where you can just see he's lacking a little bit of confidence you know there was that one at um, St Mirren at home at the weekend where it's great play from Ross McCausland um, and he plays it into Todd Cantwell who flicks it back to Danilo and for me my striker there I'm wanting you to take a touch and I'm wanting you to strike that goal and he tries to play it back to Campbell. That's someone I just think is just lacking a little bit and hopefully that just comes with a bit of time again um, and I'm sure he'll start firing them in. Yeah, Ian Ross has been quite positive there in terms of Danilo's movement. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that, that much of a surprise that Ross has been positive. He's, he has sometimes. Um, the uh, Ross has been quite positive there around Danilo. Um, some of the comments are not so positive. RFC72 says Danilo for six million is failing to impress. Needs to get the figure out before the crowd starts to turn on him like glamours and dessers. Kyle1872 then says, agree RFC72. Danilo pound for pound is failing. I wouldn't 
agree with those? Where do you stand? Yeah, I think they're pretty harsh, to be fair. He's not at the Dessers level, so let's eliminate that theory straight away. <laughs> I, I think, as Ross says, he's just struggled for confidence a bit. Um, he's overthinking it a bit for me. I mean, as Ross says, that one last night, just hammer it home. It's right there. You don't need to take it. Like, McCoist wouldn't have took a touch. Chris Boyd wouldn't have took a touch. Just put it in the back of the net. And I think he just needs he needs one to go in for him, kind of thing. Um, I mean, the block, you could say, was unlucky. There's a still that um, John I'm Walker not having that unlucky. I'm not no, having no, that. No, 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 I'm not saying it was. There's, there's a still image that John put on Twitter this morning, and you can see like 60% of the goal is just totally free there. So <laughs> I would have been very generous even bringing up the word block in that. So if Connor Goldson makes that block, do you say it's a great block? Um, yeah. I don't know. Just suppose James Tavernier made quite a similar block, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. The first half, so. Um, I, think, yeah, I so. think both can be true, can't they? Both can be true. So, yeah. As I say, I think he just needs one to kind of hit off him and go in. Just a tap in, goes in kind of thing, and then I can see him going on a, on a good run. I mean, he's, he's had a tough time since he came here. He, he broke his face at one point, so we need to kind of put, put things in perspective. But he's a lot going on. He's finally got going. Good bit of fitness behind him. It just takes a goal or two, and then we'll all love him again. I mean, after the Hearts game in, in the semi-final, his name was getting sang by like 25,000 people loudest I've heard it for a while so it seems like quite a lot of people have turned very suddenly on him which I'm not really all for but he'll score a, a goal or two the weekend I'm sure and then we'll be back on the, the good the good vibes from I think we're just in desperate need for a striker that's going to consistently score goals it's not something that we have had for a wee while even when Alfredo Morelos was there for the last couple of seasons he wasn't he wasn't doing it he wasn't um, finding the back of the net often enough to, to hang your hat on the fact he would score every game and we're in desperate need for that because I think it was you Ian that said that 47% of our goals so far this season have come from James Tavernier or Abdul Asima and that says a lot and I don't think in a good way I think it says a lot in quite a bad way actually in terms of the contributions that are coming from other areas of the park how concerning is it Ian I'll stick with you because Ross has kind of answered the um, the finishing question so how how um, concerned are you that actually there's people elsewhere in the team aren't contributing a great deal, so it doesn't really matter who's on the park. The, the level of finishing kind of stays stays level and not in a good way. Yeah, I, th- I think it would be more concerning if we didn't have like the high XG numbers, if we didn't have the the high chance creation stuff like that. I mean, that that was the Bill games we were going to. You know, we'd, we'd scrape a one 0 we'd we'd get a two one from like a moment of genius kind of thing, rather than missing like five, six, seven great chances, but. I guess the, the concern for me is that we've missed all those chances yesterday and it's not as if Xander Clark had a good game. I mean, he fumbled two or three. You could see he was kind of, just as I say, not having a great game. Um, I don't think he's a great keeper at the best of times, to be honest. But it'd be a different story if we miss all these chances and you say, oh, goalies played a blinder there. I'm sure there was that St Mirren game earlier in the season where their keeper was just phenomenal for that day. So you will get games like that. But again, try and keep it positive. If we weren't making chances, that's a bigger worry for me. But it'll come. It's a very cliche thing to say, but a team will get a doing off us at some point. It's it's going to happen. If it happens the 30th this month, then so be it. But it's going to happen. So let's just win games. As long as we win, I don't really care. We can all hope for it on the 30th of this month. But Ross, I think a striker is pretty much going to be a certainty on the shopping list for January. At this stage, it was interesting just seeing Fluke come on and interact with Lauren Shankland after the game last night. It's kind of 
fueled the rumours further, I guess, in terms of the, the potential interest that we may have. Yeah, absolutely stirred the pot. But he's mentioned them a few times in press conferences. Is you think he's made that secret that he's a fan of Lawrence Shankland, even he's, even uh, during his short time in Scotland? Do you, where do you stand on the fact that we need a striker despite spending twelve million quid on three forward players? Is it's kind of shows where our recruitment has been. There's, um, I think the club and John Bennett kind of outlined how annoyed and frustrated they were at the AGM about that. The fact that they have split Ross Wilson's role into into two, um, with one that's particularly focused on uh, recruitment. Um, and obviously, I don't know if anyone's, or I think everyone's probably seen the, the scenes from Brazil after Santos got relegated. Um last night but that means that Alfredo Morelos is now available in a free transfer and I've seen a lot of people saying um that they would they would bring him back. For me absolutely I completely agree with uh, Blue Bells or Blue who's just put in uh, that people are saying bring him back for me no chance. Absolutely I would not bring Alfredo Morelos back but it does seem that we will be in the market for a striker come January. What is there is there anyone, any names that you're like that you think Miofsky was another one that's mentioned although he seems to be more of interest to the other side of the city now. Where do you stand? If it just feels like we need a natural finisher, it's what we're missing. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not completely convinced we'll go for a striker in January. And I think, I, I okay. There's a better way of putting this. I'm not convinced we'll go for a permanent signing of a striker. Could I see Rangers potentially making some loan moves in January? Yeah, I can. That could be in numerous positions. So a striker falls under that. I, I'm, I'm still. I know Dessers hasn't been playing well, right? And I'm not gonna. You're gonna go with right. I think you're gonna Where go with this. Nah, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that Dessers is the answer, right? But I, I just personally think Danilo will come onto a game eventually, right? So that that need for a striker goes, I think, in my opinion, because he's going to play the majority of the games, right? So you might not have someone firing coming off the bench, but will Rangers look at it and go, we spent. Like nearly 10 million on the two of these boys, we're probably going to have to see this through till the end of the season. Maybe they go for a loan. Maybe they go for a loan player from down south to try and bring in some competition. Maybe someone that's known for just being a goal scorer. I'm not sure. I can't see us getting Lauren Shankland. I could maybe see it in the summer because he's got one year left in his deal. Um, and Hearts will look at that in terms of, well, hopefully they will, from their perspective, hopefully they're going to get European competition with Lauren Shankland. So they might look at it and go, well, you've delivered that for us. You've only got a year left. We'll sell you on now. So I could potentially see Rangers coming in at that point. They're not going to give us Lauren Shankland in January, in my opinion, because they're going to want silly money, right? Rangers are, I reckon Rangers would maybe pay one and a half to two million for Lauren Shankland tops. I think Hearts would want, I think they'd be wanting three to four million for him in January just because of their season and what they're playing for. So I can't see that one happening. Um, and if we're in desperate need for a striker, then it's not going to be him. Majofsky is another one mentioned. Um, I think when I read the reports from linked with Celtic, the Aberdeen were looking for a record well, fee for four million. Million like, yeah, not a chance. It's, it's, and by the way, just saying this, Celtic won't pay that either, right? So he won't be moving. Um, if Aberdeen want that, they're well entitled to ask for any fee, but the two old firm teams are not going to pay that for Majofsky. So he'll be staying there <laughs> or a European club will have to come in and get him. But yeah, I... I I don't think a permanent striker will come in. I think maybe a loan move. And when it comes to a loan move, Craig, it could be anyone, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, Jermaine Defoe originally, I don't. I think that kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? I think there was some rumours the summer before, but then he ended up signing in January. So it, 
yeah, I, I think it's only going to be a loan move for Rangers. I, I don't think they'll have the funds, really, to move around in January, to be honest with you, unless they can maybe move on a, you know, a Red Van Yilmaz or something like that to try and free up some fees. But again, you're then going to have, going to have to replace him. So, yeah, overall, I can see where you're coming from in, in terms of maybe we do, I wouldn't say need a striker, but it'd be, it'd be good to have someone in for competition for Danilo. I can't see it happening in January. Ian, three to th- three to four million pounds is the the number quoted by Ross. There, I think I'd pay that for Lauren Shanklin, given the fees we've paid for um, for player <laughs> Ross's reaction. <laughs> yeah, we paid four and a half million quid for Serial Dessers. You can't say that three million quid for Lauren Shanklin is off the mark when he's proven to score in Scotland. Ian, where do you? We'd obviously mean Ross are on opposite sides of this this debate. So where where are you standing on this one? I think Shanklin would be good as a squad player, but I am not happy with spending three, four million on the guy. For what it's worth, I think, as Ross touched on the Melovsky one, I think he will go to Celtic and I think it will be about four million because they're losing two strikers for this Asian Cup, probably. They're going to have no one. So Aberdeen will know that and kind of say it's four million or nothing. And I don't see Celtic buying something like, you never know, someone could come from elsewhere, but it'd be quite a smart sign, I think. That kind of guy for, for either Rangers or Celtic. I prefer my old skiff to Shanklin, to be honest. I think he's that better finisher that we're looking for. I think he's younger, so better better sell on and stuff like that. But again, we're not going to spend that kind of money. Um I am going to throw two names out of absolutely nowhere here. Um with are we, no are we going to know who they are? Are we going to know who oh, they yeah. are? Oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah. He's, a straight, he's a straight football manager. I can't <laughs> wait for this. No, 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 no. So Danny Ings is one of them. Because he's not playing down south. He's a proven goal scorer. He, he is a bit older. I know he's in his 30s now. But he would comfortably get 10, 15 plus goals a season for us if he just sat up front. So that's quite reasonable. The second one... Where is he now? Where is he now? Is he? Uh, is it West Ham? West Ham, warming that bench. You know, he'll want a kind of last hurrah. You know, it could work. But the more exciting one is Ahmad Diallo. Got to let that sink in for a second. Um, obviously, my, my English team is Sunderland, and he was incredible last year. Like, not the player he was at Ibrox. He was incredible. Anyway, league one, though. He was incredible. So, he's had an injury this season. You can't say that. Like, Sam Cosgrove went to... Sam Cosgrove <laughs> that was, went a cha- to was a championship, year. wasn't it? Was it not a championship? Sunderland last year. No, they've just been promoted. No, last year was a championship. No, was last it? year was a championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's been out this season injured, so he's just coming back. He's he's still at Man U at this point. He would solve our sort of right-sided forward concept we've got going on. I know he's been up here and didn't do well, but I feel like he was coming into a game as he then gets shipped out. And it just it's one of these guys that he's got so much potential, he's got so much talent. I know, I know the comments will say, this is fine. I'll, I'll fight this corner. It's, it's the 5 3 2 thing over again. I'll fight it. We need someone with a bit of star quality who's got ability and would would be relatively cheap loan-wise, I think. I don't see us having to pay a lot of money. Whereas, as I say, I don't think we're going to have a lot of money to spend unless we manage to sell like a Yilmaz. And as Ross says, we're going to, need to replace that anyway. So... Just a couple of names. I mean, if, if they come off and they then succeed, I will refer back to this exact point here. But there's a lot of options out there, is what I'm saying. There's a lot of loan possibilities that I think we'll, we'll try and um, lean on a little bit. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I could get on board with Danny Ings. I'd probably get on board with that one. Um, absolutely not with Ahmed Diallo um, and uh, Oliver McBurney. It makes any way towards Rangers, I will be handing back my season ticket. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so there's, I think we're, I think we're okay on that front. But yeah, some interesting um, names thrown in there. RFC seventy two says Ibrahim Osman from Northland. I, I can't say I know of anything about that screams football manager. That screams football. You were going down. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's going to be plenty of names that are thrown in there. But we do, I think, need a proven striker, and if we can get one on one, um, that would be that would be okay for me just to get us through to the end of the season because we just need. I think we, if we want to be, we can be in a real title race here, but we need to want to be in that title race, and it could be the difference between if getting a striker and not getting a striker as to whether we're, we're in that one. So um, it's up to us. I'd hope to see one. Um, right. From the from I guess the the top end of the park and some positives to the middle of the park and some not so not so positives with Tom Warren's going off injured after sixteen minutes last night. Ross, um, no one around him really, just looked like a twinge in his calf. Um, it's really frustrating. From sorry, I've just been absolutely distracted by James Glasgow who says what about Doak from Liverpool? And I'm just um, I'm not even going to dignify that with a. With her response, a very good player, but I'm not sure he's coming to our side of the city anytime, anytime soon. Um, Tom Warren's gone off injured, Ross. Um, tweaked to the calf, he looked gutted. We were all gutted that it, it happened. How do we get past this? Philippe Come on is continuously frustrated at the amount of injuries we have. Um, I don't know, I don't know if it's a a workload thing, like a training load thing, or if it's uh we've just bought players who are generally injury prone and that's why we can get a Tom Lawrence rather than um him going to someone top end of the championship, bottom end of the Premier League kind of thing. I do, not entirely sure, but we seem to have a lot of players that go out injured. Um and they're not all um people like Borna Barisic who are just scared of big games. Um and <laughs> what's what's going on? how do you feel about Tom Lawrence? Hopefully it's only a, a week or two, but um, it's, it's a shame to see him out injured again, isn't it? Yeah. For, first of all, what I'd say I was I was just gutted for him last night. To to be honest with you, because you could see it in his face. He was obviously gutted himself that you know it looked like he'd um, aggravated whatever the problem was before. Um, you could see him speaking to the medical staff. You could you could basically see him saying, "I, I felt it. I felt it go." So I, I think he'll be out for quite a while. Um, probably when he was out 
there, maybe four to six weeks again to try and work on that. Interestingly enough, Tom Lawrence was not injury prone <laughs> before he came to Rangers. Um, I listened to a lot of a Derby fans speak about him when they was going to make the moves to us and they were basically saying, you know, you can depend on him and what a good player he was. So I think for us, that's difficult to take because over the years we have signed a lot of players that have been injury prone and we've taken a risk on them and we think, well, there's a good player in there. We can get them on the cheap and we can, you know, hopefully we can fix our injury issues and we've not been able to do so. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just gutted for him. Overall, in terms of the the problem, I, I don't know. Ultimately, I'm not. <laughs> none of us are um, involved in sports science or head of performance. I know we've just brought in Tom Taylor there, so hopefully he's going to have a good look at this. Clearly, we're not doing something right. Um, and Philippe Clement has been very vocal on this. It's probably the one thing I've felt sometimes... He's probably saying more than I would expect because Philippe Clement in press conferences will not give away anything he doesn't want to. He's he's very good, actually. He's probably the best I've seen at Rangers. I mean, Gerard was quite good with the media, but he's certainly above Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and Michael Beale in terms of dealing with the media. So he doesn't say anything he doesn't want out there. Um, and he's been very vocal on, on this injury problem and very vocal in saying that I've never dealt with a situation like this where so many players are out. But as fans, we're used to this. This is what we've lived through for the last two or three seasons, just players dropping out, not having anyone available. So clearly there's something wrong in the background of the club. I'm hoping uh, the appointments last week on Friday are are going to address that, Um, especially Tom Taylor, like I mentioned before. But overall, Craig, to be honest, I don't really... I know when players get injured for Rangers, like Kemar Roof, when he gets injured, right, that the, the, the whole fan base is just completely frustrated, right? They're just angry. It's usually with Kemar Roof, and sometimes they're like, it's not, maybe it is his fault, maybe it's not. I don't know, it's up for debate. But for Tom Lawrence, I was just gutted for him. There wasn't really any anger. I just, you could see it in his face, and he's, he is a player that when he's out, when he was available, he wants to play, and I like that. Um, maybe in hindsight, and I think Philippe Colomb might look at this himself. Should he should he have played two games back to back? You know, with with his current injury load, I'm not sure. I'm not saying the decision was wrong, right? Because when I looked at the team last night, it made sense. I think I wanted Tom Lawrence instead of Fuentes, and I think it just comes down to the options the manager had. I think if he had another option in there, like a Jack or Askan, Tom Lawrence wouldn't have played last night. He would have saved him. So I think again, it just comes down to when you're down to the bare bones. The load, the load of the players that are available goes up and there's more risk of injury. So the quicker we can get more bodies back, this winter break is going to be big again. We say that every year. But hopefully we can use that to get a lot of bodies back and take the load off everyone. And, and then we're going to have a fully fit squad going into the end of the season. Yeah, Ian, it's, it's a problem that's been around for a while. Like Ross says, we're actually used to it as Rangers fans, as weird as it sounds. It's no longer used as a factor um, for Rangers in the media. Um, you see other clubs, you see Celtic get like three injuries and they're, uh, they're in an injury crisis. Meanwhile, we have about 10 and there's no mention of it whatsoever. So you see you see stuff like that happen, but it seems to happen all too often to us. How much of a hindrance is that to to us and our our performance? I guess there's, there's situations where um, we've had to play certain players in certain positions Ben Davies playing left back, for example, at the time this season, um, we've um, had to go. Um, what was the what was the weird midfield a couple of weeks ago? It was Woodstrom, Sequentes, and someone else in midfield. With Dujon Sterling at left back last night as well. Yeah, the was, came off, we're, so. we're forcing players into positions that they're not used to just to fill gaps. Effectively, 
where do you where do you stand on the injury front and how impactful that is and what did you make of Tom Warren's last night? Yeah, I'm, I'm so confused by it. I mean, you see little things coming out now about how like every player was on the same training programme and the same like rest and recovery mode and you've got guys who are like in their 30s past their prime plus guys who are like 20 years old on the same training programme. Like, it's just like common sense should dictate that's a madness. And then there was the thing a few weeks ago or months ago about the whole cold ice chamber thing that we don't use. Just... Like, why have we got these top-of-the-range expert facilities, expert individuals and roles, and yet we can't just deal with this kind of situation? I mean, we've got a massive squad. So it, there is a bit of, like, it's not luck because we've built that squad, but there's a, a good side of it in that we've got a lot of cover and a lot of positions. But at this point, I'm a bit more concerned that, I mean, Jack's out just now, and we We've not been given a time scale, as far as I can tell. I don't know if he's going to be fit for the final kind of thing. Raskin has gone very quiet. I don't know where he is just now. You then look at Lawrence. Ross says you're thinking about a month out, at least, you would guess. Um, and then you're just down in sort of lunchroom and Cifuentes. I mean, beyond that, who else is going to come in and play central midfield right now? So if one of, they get, one of they two get an injury, then what? I mean, there's, there's proper square pegging round holes going on already, let alone this could get worse. I think it's something that You'd hope in time, like the, the new doctors came back, the the new personnel are in place, that this will be lesser and lesser as time goes on. But surely our like our priority for signing players going forward has got to be: are they reliable? Do they have an injury history? If not, doesn't matter what they could become or what they could come back to. We patch it. We we can't carry on this way. Um, my worry is now. Obviously, we spoke about a lot. There was so many games in a certain period of time, like this is going to carry on, like a well, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek for the next month or so anyway, at least. And if we get a couple more injuries on top of what we've got just now, we are proper going to start struggling um, and you're going to be just literally just throwing players on the pitch. I think Newcastle is a good example right now because they've got like a first 11 and they just play that first 11. And if they get another couple injuries, same idea. But I can't really think of any other club that has this sort of scenario going on for as long as we've had it on, for sure. Um, but I guess the, the the good side of it is that Sifuentes came in last night and was all right. I, at the time, I was panicking when he came on. I've said in the chat quite a lot, I'm not a huge fan of his so far. I mean, I know I, I said at the start we need to judge players after they've been here a while with like, regarding Seema, but I've never just, I don't know if it's the way Bill spoke about Sifuentes so much that you're so ready for this powerhouse, box to box, assist creating, goal scoring player coming in, and he's just been okay so far. So maybe this is the little run that he's going to get now that he needs to proper start his Rangers career. You know, there's, there's going to be opportunities for, for him that could even be for Bailey Rice. Again, he's kind of dropped off the face of the earth the last few weeks. I don't know where he's gone. I've always been a Leon King fan, but again, he's nowhere really to be seen. So it might come down and these guys have to now step up and be involved in the first team, which you look at McCausland, it could be a good thing. But yeah, it's a bit of a worry where we are right now. I'm not taking the Leon King bait. I uh, saw Ross go cat me when, he, when Leon King's name came up. I'm not taking that bait. We'll, we'll move swiftly on past that one. Uh, Ian mentioned, Ross, that it were effectively midweek weekend, midweek weekend, all the way through to the end of December and the start of the, the winter break. Um, huge week next week, obviously away to Real Betis and then um, back on the Sunday for the, the League Cup final. But before that, we've got Dundee on Saturday. 
Um, how important is a convincing win on Saturday at home to to take us in to next week, or is it just a case of actually we've won two out of two so far this month? We just need to keep racking up the wins, and no matter how we do it, we just need to keep putting three points on the board. Yeah, I, I think the latter for this game against Dundee. I, I expect quite a bit of rotation in this game. Um, I think uh, Philippe Clement will try and use his squad a wee bit here and try and take the load off. Unfortunately, because of that result against Aris Limassol last week, we, we need to go to Real Betis now and, and go for it, really. Um, so I think he'll want his squad uh, fit and firing for that game. And then hopefully, because he's given a few players, you know, he's rotated them out for the weekend before, they're firing for the Sunday against Aberdeen in the, in the cup final. So I think for this one, for me personally, I think it's just going to be, you know, you're wanting one of those, a, a, probably a very similar performance to St Mirren, actually. Um very controlled from Rangers and actually probably goes down for Flutecomont as a dominant performance because St Mirren really didn't offer anything. Um, and I think we said this on the match reaction. I've watched St Mirren quite a few times now under Stephen Robinson. They're a good team. Like, genuinely, they are a good team for this level. So the fact that, that Rangers were so comfortable that day is probably something that Philippe Clement will want again. He'll just want to see the game through. Of course, try and get some positive performance out of it. Um, and maybe see some of the guys that have been on the fringes a wee bit lately come in and make an impact. Guys like Robin Matondo, maybe Adessers again, maybe Al Amherst. Maybe these guys will have to come in and, and they'll need to deliver on, on this game against Dundee. But yeah, I think the, this will just be get through this one and then it's a big week. You can't build up the expectation for Saturday and then go, you might see Al Amherst and Adessers. You can't. That's just not, Got to use not the squad. <laughs> got to use the squad. That's what we've yeah. got. <laughs> Ian, I feel like you're in the same boat as me with that one. But where do you um, where do you stand on that rotation um, perspective for for Saturday against Dundee? I don't want to say it, but I think it will be Dessers and Lammers, and it's just going to drain the life out of me seeing that line up. I mean, it's it's there's probably two options to go that way and sort of start the French players and see if we can just scrape by, or else start the first team and just take as many off after like an hour. As possible, like give Tav, Cantwell, Danilo a rest kind of after you've hopefully won the game by then, but that obviously comes with its own risks. Um, I guess there'll be a few that aren't in the Europa squad to play, so like you'd expect Redvan to start, expect um, Balogun to start. I just don't know, I don't know. I, I've not seen Dundee in a while, I know they were doing quite well at home, especially, but you would hope we could rotate quite a lot and win that game, and then as Ross kind of touched on, play the same. What I'd class as like our strongest eleven, basically last night's team on Thursday and then Sunday again. So it's a bit of risk, but yeah, I would sadly start the fringe players uh, on uh, on Saturday and just pretty gods that they do okay and can get us over the line for that one. See, I would take the opposite tactic. I'd start with the first team, hopefully go two 0 up for fairly early doors and start rotating. Then I'm always a bit wary when you you sell your stall with four, five, six players who would normally be on the bench and then it's hard to because it's rare that a manager will make three changes at half time never if it's going wrong even you wait to 60 minutes and then you're limited time wise so I'm all I'm all in for starting the strongest team and then taking them off as quickly as we can even if that is half time if you're 2-0 up or whatever so um, maybe a bit of a different tactic from me there but I um, win the game first and then start resting players is always my kind of attitude to that one right i think we'll round it off there uh for tonight's podcast uh kind of looked at some of the bigger points from the t- the game at Tynecastle, castle and then i'm just a tiny bit ahead 
to Dundee, although we're all, I think, hoping, expecting, might be, expecting, might be pushing it. We're all hoping for three points. Um, <laughs> Ibrox against Dundee. Um, thank you very much to Ross and Ian for joining us. Uh, thank you very much to you all for listening. In terms of what's coming up, um, Kyle and Tommy will be live from Ibrox straight after uh, Rangers play against Dundee on Saturday, and then we'll be live on Sunday night for our uh, regular Sunday night podcast at 8.30pm. If you enjoyed this content, this video, or if you enjoyed any of the other others, please do drop a like on the video. It does help us immensely. Also remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel, um, and you'll get a notification or will appear in your subscriptions list every single time we go live or upload a video. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.